We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware, folks. At Ace, your backyard's right in our backyard, which means we have hand-picked products that are right for the birds in your neighborhood, like premium bird seed, suet, birdhouses, and feeders. Stop by your local Ace and get everything you need to attract the birds you want, including Ace Wild Bird Food, on sale now. Now through Tuesday only, when you buy two 20-pound bags of wild bird food, get a third bag free, only at Ace, the helpful place. Offer valid through February 28th at participating stores. Geico presents sharing versus oversharing. Today, Bridget Griffin shared a video of her daily yoga routine, two self-help articles, and her new blog called Build Your Inner Bridge with Bridge. Girl, your sharing has turned into oversharing. No worries, Bridge. Geico has some info worth sharing with your seven blog followers, like how you could save money on your car insurance, update your policy, and report a claim just by visiting geico.com. How's that for building your inner bridge? Bridge, Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. 
Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is Thursday, October 15th, 2015. Clay Link here, joined alongside by Jake Latarski. You can give Jake a follow on Twitter at jakeski 52 I'm at Clay W. Link. This podcast is now available for subscription on iTunes and Stitcher. I uh, would really appreciate it if you give us a nice review on there. And uh, just a heads up for our readers, a little bookkeeping here. Week 6 buys, Oakland, Dallas, St. Louis, and Tampa Bay next week. Cincinnati, Denver, Chicago, and Green Bay. So, Jake, just want to kind of jump in right away to, well, we're going to run down all of week six, but starting with Thursday night's game, Falcons at Saints. Falcons, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road, over under 51-and-a-half. And big news coming down today that Julio Jones, I mean, we, we saw that probable designation yesterday, but uh, news coming down today that he's not going to be on any sort of pitch count mm-hmm. in this one, no snap count. So is he pretty much locked in as a – as a top three option at wide receiver, or do you have some hesitations? I, I have very little hesitation to use him. I mean, dealing with a couple of ailments, he's kind of, I mean, he was a little bit banged up earlier in the year, and that didn't stop him from being one of the one of the biggest fantasy receivers through the first couple of weeks. And as you mentioned with the over-under, this game is supposed to be surprisingly high scoring. So mm-hmm. a lot of points going both ways on both teams. You got to get all your guys out there. Uh, I mean, I think of Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, if you're going to do a contest I guess that spans through Thursday on DraftKings then you're going to want to put Matt Ryan and Julio Jones in just about all your cash games just to cover yourself to make sure that you can go ahead and take advantage of what what is supposed to be a big game of course Devontae Freeman another uh, big time Falcons option if you're in your uh, single season leagues I think he should have a big game tonight as well yeah he's really looking very very good right now and uh, I know or Chrysalis kind of compared him recently to like peak Ray Rice, and that is really kind of what he looks like, low to the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, and especially in PPR, I mean, that's such a valuable asset. I really think you do start everybody you have in this one. We're, we're playing each other in our 16-team Rotowire League, and I'm, I'm playing three Saints against you. I don't know how I feel about it, but Brandon Cooks, Willie Sneed, and, and Mark Ingram. So usually don't like to have all three players on – you know, three players on one team kind of limits your upside on a given week. But at the same time, I have Dez. And in a league that deep, you just go with, with guys that you can uh, tr- bank on for at least, you know, a handful of targets. Yeah, I'm unfortunately hurting in this week uh, just due to bye weeks. I mean, I'm missing Todd Gurley and, and Mike Evans, and that's really tough to come back from in a 16-teamer. So I think you're projected to beat me by about 20 points because I have the likes of Doug Baldwin and Rashard Matthews, Matt Jones, and Jonathan Stewart in my lineup. So not the prettiest, but... Who knows, hoping for a, a little bit of a miracle here because, I, I don't know, it's not looking good there. But just wanted to bring up, uh, before we move on to any other games, the Saints, uh, number three, I believe, in fantasy points allowed per game to opposing quarterbacks. So nice. just another reason to go after uh, um, Matt Ryan. And uh, I'm also starting C.J. Spiller in a couple places just because I think that if the Saints are behind, uh, Spiller might get a little bit more work on passing downs. He was used pretty limited last week. I was a little surprised after you know he scored the big touchdown the week before. So he was a little bit limited last week, but this week I feel like on a short week there's plenty of chances to get him uh, some more looks uh, at, with a little less practice time and hopefully, some, I mean, not hopefully, but maybe a little bit of wear and tear on the other guys. Yeah, and this Falcons defense has looked a lot better this year, but I think at home they can be, or you know, on the road uh, against a Saints team that plays well at home, they can be had in this one. I think Spiller uh, could could bust off a big run in this one. Now we'll move on to Sunday's games: Redskins at Jets. Jets seven point favorites at home, over under forty and a half. Quite a big difference from the the Falcons Saints game tonight, but. 
big question mark for the Redskins has been at, at running back. Alfred Morris giving a ton of owners headaches, and understandably so. Matt Jones, too. I mean, he, he looks mm-hmm. good. Uh, he has flashes, but the offense slows him down. And, of course, that big fumble into the end zone a couple weeks back uh, really hurt. If, if you had to choose between the two tonight, or I'm sorry, on Sunday, uh, Matt Jones or Alfred Morris, who you got? Well, it's a little bit dependent on Matt Jones' health, and uh, I can actually provide an honest an- answer here because I do have the two of them in a couple of leagues. I remember panicking in the leagues that I owned Alfred Morris in, and I went ahead and put big bids on Matt Jones. Of course, that came back to bite me this week. I missed out on, on Charkandrick West everywhere. But nonetheless, I'm, I'm stuck with what I have here, and I do have Matt Jones in my starting lineup. He did log a limited practice on Wednesday, so it looks like he's getting better. Again, he's dealing with a toe injury. Uh, basically described as some discomfort, but uh, it's looking optimistic that he suits up and plays. If he does, I'm starting him if I have to, but really because of the timeshare and a tough matchup against the Jets defense, I'm trying to avoid it the best I can. However, there are going to be situations in those 16-team leagues where you do have to make a call, and I just think Matt Jones getting the goal line carries as he did last week. I mean, basically saved the week for anyone who started him last week by getting getting into the end zone there. So, leaning towards Matt Jones because of that goal line aspect but but overall it, it's not looking good if you have to make that decision yeah I don't like either of these guys particularly particularly this week especially with the Jets getting Sheldon Richardson back up front pairing him up with Muhammad Wilkerson that's that's a tough uh front front four to run against for sure now on the Jets side offensively Brandon Marshall I mean of course the town's always been there I wasn't a big believer in him as being a fit in this offense but if we're talking about rest of season, say PPR, where, where does he fit among wide receivers? For you? He's sneaking right into that top 10 for me rest of season. I think he's established himself as the favorite target, and we know that, I mean, skills obviously are never going to be a problem for him. He's got great hands, great even speed down the field at this stage in his career. I mean, 31 years old, that might shy some people away, but I mean, look at what Larry Fitzgerald's doing kind of in a similar range there. And I mean, yeah, Brandon Marshall or Larry Fitzgerald, two guys that kind of got um, discounted at drafts this year that are really helping people win some leagues. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, there's not a lot to like on this Jets offense in terms of fantasy, but he's certainly... uh, one of the two, Chris Ivory being mm-hmm. the other. Are you buying in on Ivory, this one and, and the rest of the way? Because this Redskins defense I don't think is as bad as, as some people might think. Yeah, I mean, Redskins are, are top 10 in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. They definitely check in much farther down the list when it comes to running backs. Actually, uh, fourth best defense, only allowing 11.2 fantasy points per game to uh, opposing running backs. That's standard ESPN score, mm-hmm. and that's just where I'm grabbing that from. So, I mean, the, the matchup isn't the greatest for Ivory, but he seems like he's the man, and I wouldn't have any worries about starting him this week, especially because when you look at bye weeks this week, you might, I'll mention him again, Oakland, Dallas, St. Louis, and Tampa Bay, people are missing Gurley, people are missing Doug Martin, people are missing Latavius Murray, people are missing whatever combination of the Cowboys' backfield mess that they have, so yeah. uh, I think Chris Ivory will end up being an RB2 in a lot of lineups this week. Yeah, just while we're on that topic, just since you mentioned it, Dallas running backs. I'm grabbing Christine Michael where I can just as a flyer because if he's the guy, if he takes over for Randall back there, I mean, uh, with running backs such a scarce commodity, especially this year, I think 
uh, it's worth that flyer for if you take a chance with your last last bench spot. Yeah, I mean, it looks like they're getting a little fed up with uh, Joseph Randall. He, there's been a couple times in recent day where uh, he's tried to extend the ball over the goal line, and it's caused a fumble there late in the run. Of course, that's not going to get you on the right side of the coaching staff. And, hey, the Cowboys probably making a quarterback change this week. Actually, I think definitely going to Matt Castle over Brandon Whedon. So might as well reevaluate the other positions mm-hmm. like running back by weeks and evaluation period for a lot of coaches. So if you're a Randall owner, definitely go get Christine Michael so you can cover yourself. I don't think this changes much in terms of uh, the value of Darren McFadden, who's having a very McFadden-like year, averaging three and a half yards yeah, per carry. Shocker, total shocker there. And Des Bryant too, uh, just throwing it out there. Uh, individual drills, I think, at practice mm-hmm. already looking like, good. A conditioning, I think. Yeah, conditioning. Yeah. Uh, I mean, week seven apparently their target. I don't. I think that does seem a little uh, unrealistic as of right now. But if he gets into practice before. Uh, the end of the week or maybe early next week, that's a that's a possibility at least. Now we'll move on here. Cardinals at Steelers. Cardinals three and a half point favorites on the road here. Over under forty four and a half. Michael Vick. I mean, impressive win last week, but at the same time, he's killing Antonio Brown's value. Mm-hmm. If you're just stacked a ten team league, eight team even. Uh, I don't know how many of you lis- uh, listeners play in eight-team leagues, but say a ten team league and you're stacked at wide receiver. Do you consider benching Antonio Brown in this one. You know, if it's an 18 league and I have a couple other stud receivers, if you went receiver heavy, say you've got a wide receiver one like Julio Jones or Odell Beckham, uh, who's dealing with the hamstring, by the way, we'll get to that a little bit later. And then you have a wide receiver two, maybe someone like Marshall or Fitzgerald, like we talked about before. In those cases, then yeah, I I could see sitting Antonio Brown. Vic's just been killing his value. It seems like Hayward Bay is his favorite target or Marcus Wheaton. I'm just not exactly sure what what his mindset is out there I guess just throw to the open man he doesn't really have any established chemistry with Antonio Brown so you can consider sitting him if it's a really shallow format I'm not doing that in any of mine even uh, I don't think I have him in a 10 team but in my 12 team leagues he's all he's out there no matter what just because the moment the moment you sit him he'll find a way to get it done and you'd mm-hmm. think that uh, the Steelers offense is working on making that more of a focus moving forward because that's really a huge aspect of their game that they've been missing out on over the last couple weeks yeah, it is a huge element in that offense and, of course, the passing game. And I think they have to get him going, but the you know lack of production has been a bit troubling. But I, I, I think eventually, uh, and probably starting this week, even though this is a tough matchup, even at home, mm-hmm. tough matchup for the, this passing attack, I do think he uh, – because, yeah, the second you put him on the bench, he's going to go for 100 yards and two scores. You just, you just know that. Now, for the Cardinals, quarterback, I mean – Carson Palmer's been really good. I know Jeff Erickson has him number six on this week's value meter. Is he right up there among the top or pushing the top five among QBs this week for you too? Yeah, I I really think so. Uh, I'm in agreement with that. I'm in in a league where I need to flip-flop every week between Carson Palmer and Cam Newton. And with Cam Newton heading to Seattle this week, I thought Carson Palmer was a no-brainer. And I'm throwing him out there with with, uh, lofty expectations. That's the same league that I did lose Jamal Charles in and uh, hoping that I can get some of those points recovered elsewhere. Yeah, definitely. And now at running back for for Arizona, it's kind of interesting because I know last week and previous weeks I was really hands-off of this entire running back core. But now I think in deeper leagues you can make a case to start any of the three. Mm-hmm. Chris Johnson, Andre Ellington, or David Johnson. I really do. Well, David Johnson got the goal line work last week, two scores, not on the field a lot, but I think you know just having that kind of goal line role as it looks like right now uh, makes him interesting in like a sixteen team or like our, our really deep rotowire one. But 
Ellington ripped off a long one. Chris Johnson's been good all year. I think those two especially, mm-hmm. uh, and in a lot of leagues, have some flex appeal. Yeah, and even just the hint on on David Johnson, I have him for one dollar in a twelve team keeper league, and I, I I'm not going to start him necessarily in that league because I don't think the league's deep enough that you have to necessarily do that. But just because of the uncertainty, that's why I'm starting him. It's not because I'm not high on him. But I'm not going to start him, but I'm definitely keeping him on my roster to save as the years go on, and and we'll see because who knows how much Chris Johnson utility is going to be there. And even if he finds himself next season in a split with Andre Ellington, who is injury-prone, by the way, he could be a very valuable keeper for next year. So Mm -hmm. I like him there. And, yeah, maybe a little bit touchdown-dependent. I don't think Arians uses him. Uh, He kind of likes to ease his young guys in a little bit, as we Mm -hmm. saw during Ellington's rookie year there. So, but I think all three could have a reasonably productive game, especially if this game plays out how I think it will, and they get ahead and are, are generally inclined to run the ball a little bit more. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you. Now we'll move on. Chiefs at Vikings. Vikings four point favorites at home over under forty three. And you mentioned mentioned uh, Sharkandrick West earlier. Niall Davis owners really pretty pretty pissed off probably this week if they missed out on West in Fab or uh, on waivers. I, I do think he's interesting just because Andy Reid you know, likes his skill set, compares his skill set to uh, Jamal Charles. I think he's kind of a shifty guy who could have some explosive runs, but I'm not completely sold on him being uh, you know, the unquestioned lead guy. I think it probably will be more of a timeshare, maybe 65-35. Is, is that what you're kind of envisioning? Yeah, I, I could see something like that. But, of course, you, you got to remember that Niall Davis is going to get his looks on special teams uh, just because they don't want to switch things up too much. I mean, I had bids of 51, 46, and 34 out on Charkandrick, and I struck out there. So, on uh, all three? Yeah, Damn. on all three. Didn't didn't touch him anywhere. And, of course, in, in waiver wire leagues, I, I didn't have a chance to get him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm, yeah, really tough spot. Uh, I made some moves elsewhere in some of my leagues where I was owning Jamal Charles. We'll discuss that maybe a little bit later there. But... Uh, I'm high on Sharkhandrick West rest of season. Vikings have a very tough run defense, though, so I'm not necessarily uh, super excited about this week's matchup. You might have to play him because of bye weeks or because you own Charles and a 16-teamer, but outside of that, you definitely want to be exploring your other options there. Not a lock this week. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, now, the, the Chiefs, of course, coming off that loss to Chicago, it's, it's getting pretty rough for them, and they're getting torched by opposing quarterbacks. If you have, you know, maybe you have, uh, I, I don't like to say you have, you know, any any team on by one of their uh, quarterbacks as your starter in fantasy, but say you have, you know, had Jameis Winston or maybe Derek Carr and you need a quarterback, pick up Teddy and stream him, maybe use him in DFS? Yeah, I could see that. He would be a uh, not a bad tournament play in DFS. The tough part with the Vikings, though, is picking which receiver you're going to pair with him. If it's going to be Mike Wallace or maybe go cheaper with some of those other upside-type guys. Uh, In a single-season league, I'd go as far to say if you had Cam Newton and Teddy Bridgewater, maybe want to start Teddy this week. Just uh, they're they're very similar position on our on our value meter this week, and I just have a little bit more confidence in uh, a couple Teddy Bridgewater touchdown passes as opposed to Cam Newton. Uh, they both offer that rushing aspect. Maybe Bridgewater not quite as much, but a decent matchup this week. I mean, if he's a top fifteen quarterback, there's going to be sixteen teamers out there that are starting him. Um, the one share I do have of Bridgewater is a keeper league where I'm going to go. Sam Bradford first and then Teddy Bridgewater is going to stay mm-hmm. on my bench so I don't really have to make that decision anywhere but for owners out there that do it's not the worst thing in the world yeah Jeff Erickson has Teddy Bridgewater 15th among quarterbacks this week 
Uh, only two behind Peyton Manning. I, I, I was thinking that would be an interesting toss-up. I might take Teddy over Peyton Manning at this point. See, the thing with Peyton Manning for me is, yeah, I know he hasn't looked very good this year, but the Browns, I mean, they're going to be down possibly their two best defensive backs. Joe Hayden still true. going through concussion protocol, and uh, to Sean Gibson there, he's also dealing with uh, with an injury of his own. It looks like a ankle injury. He did not play last week. Jordan Poyer got the start, and uh, after Hayden had to leave the game, they saw a lot of Quan Williams still not ready to go to that first round pick. Justin Gilbert, which is which has been rough for him. Uh, sorry, too much Browns aside there, but my point is there could be a lot of profit for guys like Emmanuel Sanders if. Manning can find a way to hit him in stride. Now, I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence in Manning hitting some of these guys down the field, but I, I think it's possibly it's a matchup to exploit. If it were any other defense this particular, or if it were any other opponent this particular week, I would be all over it. Maybe slightly more hesitant on Manning, but nonetheless, the cards are in place for him to have a great game. Bengals at Bills over under forty two. Interesting game here. Bengals three and a half point favorites on the road. Bengals look great right now, and now they draw the Bills at a pretty opportune time because they're banged up offensively. Mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor looking like he's going to be out, even though officially limited again today. Uh, I mean, MCL sprain, more than likely going to cost him mm-hmm. uh, this one, I think. And EJ Manuel steps in. Uh, yikes there. But they did get a bit of good news today in that LaShawn McCoy was back on the practice field. No Carlos Williams. He's all but ruled out. He's still in concussion protocol. So they got you know Booby Dixon, Lashawn McCoy would be a, a big addition if they were able to get him back this week. But do you see the Bills being able to move the ball consistently against Cincinnati? Yeah, even with the home matchup, I'm not super confident about that. And even if you have Sammy Watkins, like EJ Manuel has not necessarily been an upgrade. I know Watkins has missed some time here lately, and maybe you think, oh, with a, with a different quarterback than Tyrod Taylor, he'll get a shot. But not really high on Watkins. Of course, if McCoy does end up playing, then you can pretty much. Throw throw Booby Dixon and, and Dan Heron, Boom Heron, uh, the two, I guess, B nicknames, but Heron and Dixon pretty much out of your uh, out, out of your lineups if uh, McCoy is back. But regardless of how this shakes out, I know it's going to be kind of high price, but it might be worth it to pay up for the Bengals' defense, even though it's a road matchup. I generally don't like to do road matchups uh, in daily because you never really know what could happen. But in this case, with a team that is as injured and banged up as the Bills, you have to think about it. Yeah, I'm with you. It's too bad, you know, because I have some shares of guys like Charles Clay. still like him as a player, but uh, tough game last week. And when you have E.J. Manuel back there, you just don't know what to expect. So yeah. uh, we'll move on here. Bears at Lions. Lions, three-point favorites at home, over under 43-and-a-half. Alshon Jeffrey, Eddie Royal, both limited on Thursday. Looks like they'll both probably be back this week I'm imagining so in that case are you cutting Marquise Wilson where you have him throwing him back on the waiver wire I yeah if it's anything shallower than maybe a 14 or 16 team league you can probably go ahead and cut bait and and the when those two are back in action, Jeffrey's been out for a while now. Mm. But when they're back in action, I think his value goes down a little bit. But Cutler and him did get to build some chemistry. He was much more effective than Martellus Bennett, who was his favorite target last week, although it didn't really convert into a big fantasy matchup there. So, so yeah, overall, I think uh, you're probably safe letting him go. Uh, but at the same time, Lions giving up a lot of fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks here, if I have this correctly. Uh, well, let's see. They're sixth in the league here, giving up 18 points a game to opposing quarterbacks. So uh, if you're using Jay Cutler on a bye week, maybe think about it again. Although, you know, you never like to say that with really good faith. Uh, I don't know. A lot of a lot of interesting fantasy 
aspects going on in this game, but at the same time, it's not a game that's going to be at the top of my watch list by any means. Yeah, and it's one that kind of scares me in a lot of ways because you know I think you're starting Jeffrey if you have him, but uh, don't feel great coming off the injury. Don't feel great about him. And uh, for the Lions, I mean, they have it looks like. Uh, well, it looks like Joy Bell is going to be back for one, and Eric Ebron as well. He was a limited participant in practice Wednesday, still waiting on that Lions injury report for Thursday, but that'd be pretty big. He's expected to miss up to three weeks. Looks like he could be back after suffering that injury in week four. But with Joy Bell back, are you avoiding Amir Abdullah, even though this is a pretty plus matchup for him? I mean, Abdullah pretty much got overtaken last week after the fumble I believe it was and Zach Zenner ended up with most of the carries now granted it was a blowout game that they didn't really have a chance to be in in the first place so why not give the guy some looks uh theoretic heavily involved in the passing game but I think it, I would sit and avoid Abdullah in anywhere possible I wouldn't use him in any daily lineups even though uh, the Bears have been prone to give up big games at running backs this season um I, I, I like Joyke Bell, if anything, if you can find him on the cheap and daily, maybe season long, but the rest of those guys, uh, I, I you know, taking a big leap backwards from. On the other hand, Stafford and Johnson and Tate, those owners, it's a pretty juicy matchup for you this week, so you might finally start to get some of the value back that uh, you may have thought would have been lost already. Broncos at Browns, Broncos four-point favorites on the road, over under 42, and we talked a little bit about Peyton Manning in the the receivers for Denver having probably a pretty good day plus matchup with Joe Hayden and Gibson out. But this is one where I think even after, you know, McCown had a really good day last week, I still think the Broncos defense is, is possibly one of the better plays in this game just because they've been so good this year, especially, you know, a couple return touchdowns. I think they kind of shut, shut the Browns down and, and limit what they're able to do, especially, uh, well, even on the road. I just don't think the Browns are going to be able to do much offensive. Yeah, definitely don't go chasing Josh McCown's performance from last week, or even really Barnage for that matter. I mean, I guess Barnage is maybe a top tight end rest of season now kind of flirting with that status. Uh, but who knows, that might get bumped down when some of the younger guys are back from injuries. I'm mm-hmm. talking Ebron and like Safarian Jenkins, for example. But, uh, I mean... Yeah, the de- Browns defense also down Scott Solomon. I believe he was put on IR, so that's another starter on defense that they will be without. So on paper, this matchup looks really good for the Broncos. I'm just not super high on Peyton Manning, which is why I have a tough time actually putting my money where my mouth is and playing the daily lineup with him. Which Broncos running back do you like in this one? Because Ronnie Hillman, disappointed, and of course C.J. Anderson's been a disappointment all year, but... Uh, I think one of those two possibly has a big day in this one. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I think I might be leaning towards, well, I would say I'm would say i leaning towards Hillman just a little bit based on recent production, and that's not a huge, um, it, it, it's not a huge difference for me. Uh, so if you have them both in the same league, you know, that might be a little bit tough. But uh, just because of the matchup and the fact that Cleveland's been giving up a lot of points to opposing running backs this year, I am starting Hillman in one league. I somehow dodged the bullet. I liked Anderson before the year, but didn't get him anywhere. So I'm doing okay there. It, it, it's really a toss up. If you somehow have them both on your roster, maybe this is the week for Anderson. And I think Anderson has more upside, but Hillman's definitely the safer play. You know, what? I think I like Hillman more too, but just so our listeners are aware, Jeff Erickson does have CJ Anderson ahead of Hillman. Anderson 21 among running backs, Hillman 28. So not a big gap, uh, but just notable, uh, at least there with, with the Broncos running back situation. Now we'll move on. Texans at Jaguars, a pick them in this one, over under 43. 
TJ Yeldon disappointing in that unable to return to practice Thursday uh, and left last week's game after he had that first career touchdown. It looked like he was uh, on his way to a, a really nice day for owners, but no practice Thursday. Toby Gerhardt worked uh, with the first-team offense, and Denard Robinson did return to practice this week, but it looks like, if anything, there's going to be a split with uh, possibly Gerhardt seeing the larger workload. Uh, is he somebody you'd even consider maybe only in daily possibly even then I mean even then it's probably largely unappealing I mean it's Toby Gerhardt it it is what it is you can't have super high expectations for that and I I don't know I'm staying away from it I didn't pick him up anywhere and I certainly don't really plan to use him in daily formats now there might be a couple deep tournaments where people like-minded people I guess as to us will probably avoid or will probably avoid him and if he does have a good game you might have a chance to uh, get a little bit of profit from that but overall just I mean over under on this game 43 outside of DeAndre Hopkins who is a consistent wide receiver one no doubt about it elite you can even say and probably uh, Arian Foster there's not really a whole lot to like from a fantasy standpoint in this game now Bortles again a little bit uh, got dealing with a shoulder injury a little bit banged up uh but still, I'm not. That that pass rush is probably going to get to him. That's where I'm at this week. Yeah, I, I really was impressed with with Bortles' performance last week, and I do like the Allen twins, mm-hmm. Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns. I think you start both of them, even in a kind of a tough matchup. And Hearns missed some practice time again this week, but I still think both of those guys make for uh, pretty decent options. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting. Week 6, DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event with $1.2 million going to first place. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter promo code ROTOWIRE to play free with your first deposit on DraftKings. That's promo code ROTOWIRE for free entry now with your first deposit at DraftKings.com. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Dolphins at Titans. Titans one-point favorites. Over-under in this one, 43.5. What do you think about the Titans as a streaming D in this one, or do you think the Dolphins will be better with the coaching change and coming off the bye week? I mean, Eric and I discussed this a little bit when looking for waiver wire options to pick up on defense, and I think you – I mean, the Titans should be available everywhere. There's very rarely are you going to find yourself a league where they're already scooped up unless somebody with the same intentions has already done so. I I just – the Dolphins, you never. I don't know what to expect from them. New coach. They did have a bye week, though, so they should have plenty of time to prepare for this matchup. I, I've heard kind of rumblings. The discussion in the office has been maybe the new coach is going to use Lamar Miller how he should actually be used. So, you know, Miller might be on his way back. He's having a rough year, only averaging three and a half yards per carry with 37 carries over the first four weeks. Of course, Dolphins were on a bye last week, so... I mean, how that's that's really tough. But if you're really hurting for a streaming defense option, I, I think you could make a case for the Titans. You picking up Rashard Matthews if he was dropped anywhere? Because I've seen him dropped a couple places. Well, heading into the bye last week, see somebody you're going out and grabbing, or do you think you know he may be up and down the rest of the way? I'm picking him up and starting him against you in my flex if that helps. Anything. Oh, nice! I didn't um, know that. In our 16 team office league, uh, where of course. You know, I went through my bye week woes earlier. We don't need to rehash that. But 
Rashard Matthews has been a very, very interesting fantasy player, uh, really flying under the radar quite a bit, but there's there's a lot to like about him. It doesn't seem like Devontae Parker is quite ready for a full workload yet, and uh, Kenny Stills has kind of pretty much been a non-factor there. And, I mean, when, when it comes down to it, Richard Matthews tied for 14th in the entire league in yards per target. He's had uh, quite a few fantasy points this week. He was one of the top scorers for the first three weeks. So I know a lot of people dropped him because of bye week problems last week. Uh, for those that held on to him, uh, I would definitely stick it out just to see how this situation evolves a little bit. Now, the the coaching change is a bit worrying, worrisome just with how the offense is going to be ran. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anything's happened that would warrant a drop outside of a dire bench or bye week situation on your team. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw him a couple spots and picked him up. I mean, he had that one down game in London and then the, the bye, but he had like three monster games before that. Mm-hmm. So I think, especially in PPR, he makes for a real nice uh, option. Not only, well, this week I'm a little hesitant, but yeah, definitely want to wait it out, see if he's somebody that uh, you can rely on week to week. Now, the Titans running back situation is, is a big mess. Uh, well, Bishop Sankey, huge disappointment this season well not huge because I don't think expectations were that high but Antonio Andrews is really looking like the uh, the back to use in fantasy if you're going to use any of them which I would not recommend but if you were Antonio Andrews probably the guy 35th among running backs on Jeff Erickson's value meter are you buying in or are you maybe speculating on David Cobb who's nearing a return yeah, I keep your eyes out on David Cobb, and in a similar situation to, say, Brandon LaFell, for example, uh, both those guys on the short-term IR and expected to be back pretty soon. The job is Cobb's for the taking, quite possibly. In the short term, you maybe look to Antonio Andrews if you're in, like, I've heard of a lot of people, listeners, and just friends in touchdown-only leagues. I'm not in one myself, but because he seems to be the short yardage guy, uh, he could be an option in a touchdown-only league, but to pick him up and expect week-to-week consistent production is probably asking too much, just like it is from anyone on this Titans offense. So, yeah, a touchdown-only league or 14-16 teamer, he's probably worth a roster spot, but we'll see what David Cobb can do when he comes back. We'll move on here. Panthers at Seahawks. Interesting game here. Because the Seahawks at home favored by eight, which isn't all that surprising, but huge difference in the records there. Uh, over under 40 and a half. Marshawn Lynch, limited Wednesday, but expected to return to full practice thir- uh, today on Thursday. We'll wait for that official injury report. But Carroll says he should be good to go. Now, Thomas Rawls really impressed with him last week, especially his, you know, the point of attack, him really finishing runs and really running at the defenders, a lot like Marshawn Lynch in his running style. But if you're not a Marshawn Lynch owner, you just grabbed Rawls maybe for last week, uh, are you cutting bait and not using him in, unless he's a handcuff? Or I know they said he might remain involved, but is that enough to uh, warn a spot in shallower leagues? It's tough to determine what the words remain involved means. Is it five carries? Is it ten carries to get it closer to an even split? Who really knows yet? So you might want to keep him just in case. Watch how Marshawn Lynch does and how they split up the carries because there could be some value there. It's a team that wants to run the ball primarily. I mean, why else is Jimmy Graham being used as a run blocker more plays than not, mm-hmm. But which is frustrating, very side note there. But I, I mean, at the same time, after this week, if Rawls isn't involved, then I don't think he can be anything more than a Marshawn Lynch handcuff moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like what I've seen again and I'm probably going to be holding on to him at least through the end of this week and I'll probably you know it'd probably be hard for me to drop him just after that performance and I just think Lynch 
what we've seen so far, it hasn't just been the hamstring. He's dealt with, I think, a calf, a back mm-hmm. injury. The injuries are piling up, and I, I feel like you might be wearing down. Yeah, any back that runs like that is bound to pile up a few injuries at some point in their career, and it's happening now for Marshawn Lynch. But part of it could be the Seahawks being maybe overly careful uh, just because they're, they're a team that will also expect to make the playoffs, and he's been such a huge playoff contributor over the last couple of years. So not just the real playoffs, but your fantasy playoffs, he will he should be a big help in getting you there. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, this will be a, a big one for the Seahawks. They they really need this game, uh, I think, in, in order to keep those postseason aspirations alive because you drop one of the, a game like this at home, uh, you know, that locker room may start to, you know, there just may be some, some frustrations and some, some, bi- some bitterness in, in that locker room if they drop this one. But we'll move on. Chargers at Packers. Packers 11.5-point favorites at home over under 50.5. Chargers with that devastating loss last week. You expecting them to come out, you know, swinging in this one? Maybe give the Packers a run for their money. I mean, I would be shocked if the Packers lost this game. Pretty much. I mean, it's a home game. Uh, they're getting healthier. We might see a little Devonte Adams this week. So, uh, getting closer to full strength. And we still don't know about Morgan Burnett on defense. But I mean, the Packers D has been playing tremendously without him, and he'll only be in addition. So, I'd be pretty surprised if if they won or if they lost this game. Packers eleven and a half point favorites. I looked at survival pool. They're being taken about thirty percent of survival pools this week. So. If you need an opportunity to fade them, maybe, but I don't know. I, I, this could be the time to use them. Uh, biggest favorite of the week. Uh, just a while we're at this game, I did a Packers involved trade recently here in the league that I lost Jamal Charles, and I sneak previewed that earlier in the podcast. But what I traded, I traded Randall Cobb and Jimmy Graham, and got Eddie Lacy in return. How would you rate my trade, Clay? You know. It's all based on team need. I think you did fine, especially because you're really buying low on Eddie Lacy. Mm-hmm. You're selling low on Jimmy Graham, but I really don't have a lot of hope for him yeah. moving forward. Yeah, the, I, the, the role is just not there. Yeah, the way Graham's been being used has gotten me to you know really give up. And I you know I posted out there I was like I'll take you know if anyone wants to buy low on Graham I'll take him for an RB two. And all I got back was Alfred Morris or Alfred Blue. I don't know why two Alfreds came up coincidental but yeah what I'm doing here is yeah I'm giving up Randall Cobb premier playmaker no doubt about that but I'm still rostering Keenan Allen Jarvis Landry and Golden Tate so I think I've got enough depth to hang on there and without I mean that also that's the league where I own Jamal Charles and TJ Eldon who's looking iffy for this week so I needed an immediate replacement not only for this week but for the rest of the year buying low on Lacey a little bit with big hopes for his rest of season production yeah I think people frustrated owners are really kind of forgetting that this is exactly how last season was really playing out mm-hmm. I mean like first five games just mediocre a couple of really bad games thrown in there I think he's bound you know especially as the, the weather starts to change maybe the Packers aren't throwing it as much uh them to really pound Eddie Lacy because he's the guy that you can uh rely on to run the clock out get big first downs and touchdowns in short yardage situations uh, when you need him now off uh, another Packers note Devontae Adams limited in practice Wednesday said uh, quote I'm not quite there yet but we're getting there still waiting on the designation for Thursday but are you probably cutting Ty Montgomery if you have him anywhere with with Devontae apparently nearing a return not yet the only place I have Ty Montgomery is a 14 team league where I also own Aaron Rodgers so I just want to keep him there for like a wild card double up potential I I really like having him in that type of league I mean if it's a 10 team league you can probably cut bait but there's no guarantee that Adams is going to come in and uh and take 
all of those snaps from Ty Montgomery right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ty seems to have maybe one bad drop a game, which is just slightly preventing him from going over the top there. But big touchdown last week to get things started for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And I, I really like what I see out of this kid physically. Not, maybe not the most uh, intimidating stature, but he's not afraid to take hits, and he's quick. I like him on slant routes, which is always huge for Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Ravens at Niners over under 44. Ravens one-point favorites on the road here. Ravens along the most fantasy points per game to opposing QBs uh, per ESPN. And Kaepernick, with a the, with the bounce-back performance last week, I was pretty, really kind of impressed with how he played, especially given how bad he was the week before. You using him in this home matchup? I still can't find, even with the matchup, the Ravens giving up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, as Josh McCown illustrated last last week. I just I can't trust Colin Kaepernick. He's uh I mean he was very turnover prone the first couple weeks. That seemed to actually settle down a little bit in Sunday night against the Giants. He put them in a position to win the game. He appeared to be playing a lot more conservatively, uh more keen to throw the ball away or or not necessarily, you know, go out on ridiculous scrambles, but because he's playing more conservatively conservatively, excuse me, probably bodes well for 49ers games, but not necessarily for fantasy. You want him to sling the ball, continue slinging the ball down the field and see what happens there. So, even with the matchup, the upside I think is a little bit limited there. Yeah, I mean, you said he was playing conservatively and yeah, I agree with you to a large extent because he just wasn't making boneheaded decisions but I also noticed that he was more prone to cut it loose and and kind of rip it downfield you don't really see Kaepernick doing that I think he was able to get his confidence back in this one or in last week's game to a certain extent now for the Ravens Justin Forsett still looking iffy he's got that ankle injury suffered late last week Uh, Lorenzo Taliaferro on IR now is Buck Allen a guy you're looking at as maybe uh, somebody get out ahead of the pack and, and maybe take as a flyer in season long. Yeah, this game is the one and only reason where why I am waiting until about 10.30 Sunday morning to set all of my daily lineups. Maybe if we can get a four-set rule out conclusion before that, I might... I, I might set it a little earlier, but the moment, keep it keep four-set on your watch list whether you own him or not because if he is ruled out, then Buck Allen needs to be owned in just about every day, daily format there. The matchup, pretty decent against the 49ers, but I, I think he's he's got it through his head. He had a, a couple fumbling issues in the preseason and early on, but uh, I think he's starting to earn the trust back, and he's the default option. If he gets 25 touches in a game, he should be, have a huge performance. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, Sunday night, Patriots at Colts. Patriots, big favorites on the road, 10.5 points, over-under 54.5, highest over-under of the week. I'm expecting this to be a high-scoring scoring game, as Vegas is as well, uh, with Andrew Luck expected back. Now, uh, again, I, I think the Patriots are a far better team, and I do think you know second half probably be running it out a lot, uh, and, and, and that kind of role, LeGarrette Blunt is the guy, but do you think that he does come through for owners? Are you afraid Deion Lewis could eat into him? Maybe uh, neither of them end up having a, a big game. I think Lewis will be used primarily in the first half, and then when they get up by two to three scores, then it's time to tote the rock to Blount. He's your mm-hmm. workhorse, uh, just like in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, by the way, this game, a deflate gate rematch. So if you're mm-hmm. doing Sunday night football drinking game, like drink every single time that deflate gate is mentioned, and you might not make it through the game. So just worry about that, guys. And uh, But no, on a real note, LeGarrette Blount, I don't have him in any season-long leagues. I was a little bit concerned about that. But in daily leagues, I actually really like this matchup against the Colts. Colts giving up a decent amount of points to opposing running backs, and I expect LeGarrette Blount to find the end zone at least once. Yeah, that, that Deion Lewis touchdown last week was so pretty. I really like this guy. Amazing that the Patriots 
be able to just kind of pick him up off the street and throw him in there and have him be this good. I think LeGarrette has a pretty good day, but I don't really remember the Patriots being able to support uh, a couple top 15 running backs in a single week. Or I'm seeing both of these guys ranked uh, a lot of places. Uh, I think think thinking that they're both going to finish among the top 15 among running backs uh, maybe a bit misguided. Now, Ahmad Bradshaw did sign with the Colts. Is that something you're taking note of, maybe picking him up in, in the deep league like our 16-teamer? Yeah, you know, I, I did take a couple pickups because that signing was announced after the waiver wire period, so there was a quick, you know, kind of immediate add and drop there. So there's some upside there. I mean, he's got experience in, in the system there, and if you're really, really hurting for a running back, I think you could – you might be able to profit off that just a little bit. So, uh, I mean, you give it a shot, but it all depends on the size of your bench. There's a lot of options I like a little bit better than him, and, uh, I mean, it's not necessarily a lock, uh, I would say. Uh, Monday, Giants at Eagles. Eagles four-point favorites at home, over under 49. I think this one's going to be pretty high-scoring myself. I'm using Bradford where I can. Also, the Eagles running backs, because they're both getting pretty heavily involved. I like Ryan Matthews as a flex in a lot of a lot of leagues this week as well. Very notable, though. Odell Beckham did not practice Thursday. Uh, again, this is the Monday nighter, so he has an extra day. But are you, are you getting concerned about his availability? Um, maybe a little bit, and it's really tough to go ahead and call. Now, if you're an Odell Beckham owner in a deeper league, yeah, I guess any league, you maybe want to check on the availability of Dwayne Harris just in case he suffers a setback after Sunday or, or for whatever reason can't go. Then we have to go ahead and look at backup options. But the thing is, Victor Cruz didn't practice again, calf injury. Ruben Randall's also got a hamstring injury. He's limited. So it's a really banged-up wide receiving core. So if you can, there might be opportunity to profit from guys like Dwayne Harris and Larry Donnell this week. Uh, worth a look. Larry Donnell, of course, a spectacular touchdown catch to pretty much ice the game last week. And and just back to the Eagles quick, I, I'm right there with you when you say Bradford Matthews. I think Matthews is an excellent high upside play in daily this week. Maybe not in your cash games, but in your tournaments. I'm going to try to use Bradford Matthews. I keep doing that in daily, figuring one of these weeks those guys are going to go off. And if it's this week with a high over-under on the national stage, Chip Kelly and the Eagles want to prove that they mean business and they're they're ready to showcase that explosive offense on national TV. So I think it's a very good opportunity. There's going to be a lot of offense in this game. I'm excited for the Monday night matchup. Yeah, Bradford, a lot of passing yards, but had those two picks. I think they are both in the end zone last week. Ooh. Uh, but I think it's about time for him, especially on the national stage, to pull it all together, play well, you know, f- for all four quarters in a game. And I think mm-hmm. he comes out and does that in this one. And the great thing is about this Eagles offense is that they can pass, but all the running backs still get a ton of opportunities. Mm-hmm. So it's a perfect balance in that they're able to run a ton of plays and uh, pass a lot and run a lot and get both of their lead backs heavily involved. Yeah, and just the way that offensive scheme works, it actually people think a spread offense isn't the greatest for running backs, but when you start to tire out a defense and get up to the line quick and run a draw play, they're not necessarily ready for it, and your offensive line that should be conditioned for that is ready to push them a few yards off the ball. So Ryan Matthews, his utility is no longer dependent on DeMarco Murray. I think you could possibly get 50 yards and a touchdown from both on a given week. Mm-hmm. One of them might even get a touchdown from Bradford uh, if it's it's not on the ground. So, again, there's a lot to like about this Eagle offense, pace of play. I mean, a lot of people were bashing them real hard the last couple of weeks, but I think uh, the turnaround could start here for Philadelphia. And you mentioned Dwayne Harris. I feel gross even mentioning him, but I, I really do think 
given how well Eli Manning has played, he's played out of his mind lately, that if Odell Beckham ends up sitting in with Victor Cruz, Ruben Randall, uh, both missing practice time this week, I think Harris could be a pretty good option, especially in PPR, because when Odell went out last week, he was getting a ton of looks. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, Harris was one of the only people on that final drive of the game or there, but that was really available. Odell mm-hmm. Beckham worked his way kind of back into the mix, but I, if it, there's a situation like that and it has to happen for the whole game, I think Harris gets some. And Shane Vereen, go ahead and look at him too. If, mm-hmm. if ever the Giants find themselves behind, he's going to get a ton of snaps. Andre Williams pretty much limited to the goal line. Rashad Jennings kind of between the 20s, but uh, not necessarily the guy. As far as fourth quarter snaps go, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would guess Vereen has a big-time edge on there, and in a game that expects to be high-scoring, I he could see a lot of run. Yeah, Vereen, I think, is a nice one here, too, especially if, again, if Beckham sits, because, yeah, last week it was Dwayne Harris, but also a ton of uh, Shane Vereen, and I remember Chris Collins were saying, you know, he's really the one of the only guys that Eli Manning's trusting right now on this drive to take him mm-hmm. away, and they, they just kept getting the ball to Vereen on short dump-offs, but... Uh, guys, good luck in week six. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you make your deposit for a free contest entry today. Also, check out Rotowire free for 10 days by going to rotowire.com slash pod. For Jake Letarski, I'm Clay Link. The Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast will return on Friday. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com